Welcome to the Vitality Radio Podcast, your source for the truth about health, wellness, and real alternatives to drugs, surgeries, and the status quo of healthcare. Here, you'll find information that empowers you to take control of your health. But it's not just about health and wellness, it's about the politics of healthcare and protecting your health freedom. Now, here's your host, Jared St. Clair. Hello and welcome to Vitality Radio. I'm your host each and every week. My name is Jared St. Clair. And sometimes I get guests on that uh, get a lot of, um, create a lot of excitement and interest amongst uh, my listeners. Uh, hopefully, more often than not, that's the type of guests that I have here on the show. Uh, and then sometimes I get to talk to old friends on the show. Sometimes those guests are the same thing, which is really, really cool. That's what I've got for you today. I'm going to bring back on two people that uh, have really caused a little bit of a stir with Vitality Radio in terms of creating some uh, really big interest in some things that maybe don't get talked about as much uh, out there uh, in the uh, nutrition world and herbal world. We're going to talk about five herbs today, some of which you've heard of, some of which maybe you haven't. And, uh, you know, I've got this, I had this thought when I was preparing for this show at Vitality Nutrition, we have a wall. We call it the herb wall. And the herb wall is is not for formulas. It's for single herbs. We have things like astragalus uh, and echinacea, and we have mullein, and we have garlic, and we have um, things like, I'm trying to even think, tonkat ali, which we talked about recently on this show, and a whole wide range of herbs, kind of from A to Z, although I think our last herb is actually with a Y. Uh, and they're all single herbs. And I recognize that I'm a kid that grew up in a health food store. And I've been surrounded by these herbs my whole life. We had a, a double turntable at home, you know, like a lazy Susan full of all these supplements. I still have one, actually three, uh, at my house uh, with all these different things that we spin around and try and figure out what we need to take that day based on what's going on. And I have this amazingly... Um, I'll say it's an amazing blessing that I was blessed with to grow up learning and understanding these herbs. But for people who are starting to get into the health and nutrition world and looking at alternatives to pharmaceuticals and looking at ancient wisdom when it comes to taking care of their health, I imagine an herb wall like the one at Vitality Nutrition could be maybe just a little bit overwhelming. We have all these herbs that have strange names. Uh, some of them, you know, one of our most popular herbs on the herb wall is also known as a weed called dandelion. Uh, you know, and so it gets a little confusing for people like, what, dandelion's good for me? Uh, how, how are dandelions good for me? And I get a lot of questions like that at Vitality. And so what I decided to do just a few, I don't know, maybe it's been six, eight months ago, is bring on a couple of really fantastic educators and friends of mine uh, to talk about just individual herbs. And we're going to keep working through this list of herbs that we think need a little more recognition and a little more understanding out there. And I've got five fantastic herbs for you today. Now, if you have questions about anything we're about to talk about, you can call us at Vitality Nutrition, 801-292-6000. 
6662. That's 801 292 6662. You can also check us out at vitalitynutrition.com where we have a chat feature. You can open up a chat and ask us questions there if you'd like to do it that way. Or, of course, we would love to see your smiling face at Vitality in Bountiful at 107 South 500 West. So, without further ado, I'm going to reintroduce my friends. Nikita Austin. Nikita has been on the show. I think this is your fourth time, Nikita, if I if I remember correctly. It could even be number five, but regardless, it won't be your last. <laughs> Nikita is the Director of Education and Innovation Specialist uh, with Solaray, a uh, wonderful company in Utah that I have really, really, really deep roots with way back uh, 30 five or 40 years ago my dad was over at solar ray so we go way back nikita welcome back to vitality radio hello jared welcome back for me yes thank you <laughs> yeah i'm always here and then we've got max willis max is the director of education and or sorry the chief innovation science officer my goodness i tried to give him a demotion the chief innovation <laughs> science officer at solar and a good friend of mine always excited when i get to see max we we get to see each other here and there because he lives here in Utah where I do. And then, of course, we go to similar places, uh, trade shows across the country as well. Max, welcome back. Thanks, Jared. Great to be here. All right. So we've got five herbs. We're going to announce what they are. We'll go one by one. The first herb we're going to talk about today is mullen. Now, I am curious. Uh, I want to ask both of you this. Am I pronouncing that correctly as far as you're concerned? It's so funny that you say that because... Yesterday, when we were talking, every Monday we have our team meetings, um, and we were going, "Okay, guys, tomorrow we're going to be on the radio." Okay, everybody pronounce this word, and everybody was like, "Uh,", <laughs> uh we were all hesitant, and I'm like, "Is it Mullen or is it Mullion?" Because you see that extra I, so mm -hmm. your brain goes, "Okay, well, I think Moline, Moline, Moline. I've heard it a lot of ways." Yeah. So I I took the person who I gave the most credit to on my team, which is Nicholas Zemp, who's our herbalist biologist and he said mullen and i said all right sold we're going yep, with mullen. there you like, go if, if it's good enough for nick it's good enough for it's me it's like the quinoa or quinoa thing you know where you're like is it <laughs> maybe it is quinoa so we're gonna talk about mullen yes that's how we'll pronounce it for now but we won't judge you if you guys add the extra i in when you come in it's fine sounds sounds good and then the other ones are easier to pronounce for sure we're going to talk about the oil of oregano mm -hmm. we're going to talk about cat's claw and we're going to talk about another claw devil's claw i don't know which one you sounds more evil i guess it depends on if you're a dog lover or a cat lover it should have been and the then, halloween edition just so you know with all of these. <laughs> maybe so and then we have skull cap which also sounds a little halloweeny so we got some really great herbs for you here i imagine that most people have, have heard of uh, most of those but maybe you don't know a lot about what they do that's what we're going to dig into now and try and keep it uh really straightforward and simple so you understand you know what to look for with these herbs how to use them and that sort of thing so let's go ahead and start with mullen uh mullen it's good time of year this uh, episode is going to hit you know kind of midwinter here and we certainly at Vitality noticed that the sales of mullen go up a lot during the winter months. So Nikita, tell us a little bit about mullen. It de you definitely know when the season is, right? I mean, it's it's a herb that has been used historically um, for so many kind of respiratory conditions. So if we're thinking about springtime, you know, people kind of come in, even the allergies and respiratory, we think about fall time, we see that spike of when mullen starts to sell again. And that's the thing. It's like when we look at our vitamin department in general, it's not that everything needs to sell every single day all year round. 
there's a few of those. You have your multivitamins, your probiotics that I think are kind of like your standard. Um, but mullein is definitely one of those that it goes up and it goes down and for good reason. And I actually wanted to start by talking about it because it is trending all over TikTok right now. It's been trending nonstop. Um, and specifically, we've seen it with our brand too, like the Solaray herb. So we're seeing people hold up the Solaray Green Top Mullen and they're talking all about it. And there's a couple different reasons. I wanted to start with like why people are talking about it. One of them is definitely, okay, we think about, you know, we almost forget that COVID is still around or was in the past, but practically the last, you know, four or five years, the focus on lung health right? And being able to breathe and respiratory health has been at the top of the list, especially when we look at what's been selling for us. It's either immunity or it's lung support. So when mm -hmm. you look at that, okay, Mullen has definitely been trending a lot during our COVID phase because of respiratory and lung. But I think the other reason why it's correlated to, to lung still, but the reason why today, as in right now, we're seeing a lot of the trend is actually a lot due to um, to vaping, is actually due a lot to um, marijuana usage as well. So when we look at statistically, okay, like we actually just did a, a team meeting of like two weeks ago, and we talked about this specifically where vaping had gone up substantially. I, I'll have to double check the number now, but it was like over 500%. It was very, very high because it's, mm -hmm. so, it's so accessible these days, right? Anybody yeah. could just like go and do that. And so it's one of those things where, okay, if we're talking on the basis of nutrition, I always would say, yeah, maybe you shouldn't vape or smoke cigarettes. Okay. Got it. But at the real reality is people do that. And if you are going to do that, at least let's find you things that are going to support your health if that's something that you incorporate. And so with that, we see not just vaping increasing substantially, but marijuana usage as well, right? And marijuana usage can have a lot of benefits for different people based on different conditions. And again, I'm not judging on that. I'm just specifically saying, okay, if this is part of your lifestyle, then let's try to do things to counterbalance some of those negative effects, like you know it building up in your lungs and not being able to maybe breathe as well. And so we're seeing even a younger generation come in for Mullen because of this correlation between vaping and marijuana usage as well. So I just wanted to start with like, hey, if you're seeing this a lot, these are some of the things. I mean, I see people will literally put up the mullein and then be like, you guys, if you if you smoke, this is something you should keep in mind and maybe incorporate. So not only do we have our season, which is cold and flu and, you know, immunity, respiratory, bronchial health, but we see now this younger generation on the TikTok um, oh my gosh, I sounded so old there. I just said on the TikTok. <laughs> you guys, I'm 31 and I said on the TikTok. Okay. I, I always do that. I don't like, I don't even use it. So I'm like so far removed, but ultimately you see it because of that. So that's just kind of the, Hey, here's why people are talking about it. Um, this is what you might be seeing online as well. One of the fun things I, I love to talk about Mullen though is its nicknames. You know how every herb has like a million different nicknames? Mm -hmm. um, I don't know who comes up with these, but I always wish I could hang out with them for one night around the dinner table and be like, what made you choose this name? But Mullen's nickname is Bunny Ears and I'm obsessed with bunnies. So for me, it's like, okay, <laughs> this is so cute. I used to call my dog Bunny. Um, but he was a little Bichon. So anyway, just some fun facts about Mullen. Um, yeah, some of the other names you might hear it as bunny ears, also flannel flower. So there's a lot of cool different ways that you might hear, but Mullen would be the way if you guys ever came into Jared's store. You could, I'll, you know what, actually I dare you to say, Jared, I'm looking for bunny ears. 
Where can I find them? <laughs> and let's make sure Jared remembers that one. Um, but Mullen's incredible. Typically when you buy it, especially in the herbal set, you're buying it. Um, it's being sourced from the leaf. Okay. So we know that different, uh, different herbs can come from the seed. Sometimes they come from the oil um, or they're being extracted through oil. In this case, Mullen's typically used in the leaf. And the actions that Mullen can provide is, you know, we just talked about lung health. So think about that. What is that? It's an expectorant right? What does an expectorant do? Well, it does exactly what you expect it to do. It breaks up the mucus, right? So when you're having that cough, I have actually two friends right now who are like, Nikita, I've been sick for weeks. And I'm like, do you have any expectorants at home? Do you have anything to like break up that mucus and break up that cough? Because it's just kind of sitting in there. So it's an expectorant, it's an emollient, it's an antispasmodic, Okay, think about the word spaz in that. You kind of think of spaz as moving around. An antispasmodic is something that relieves spasms. So when you think about, oh my gosh, I can't stop coughing, right? You're having this like spasm, like your chest is like in pain. And so when you think about right now, if you guys are are struggling and you're feeling sick and you have like constant coughing and you're, you know, you're like, again, this mucus is kind of stuck and you can't break it apart. Mullen is perfect for that because again, it's an expectorant. It's antispasmodic. Ultimately, it's really kind of helping and slightly sedative, which could also relax a lot of our, our lungs when, I mean, I've had those, Jared. I had it like three years or three or four years ago where I remember, and I had to do trainings all that week too. Max was actually with me. Thankfully, he got to pick up for me when I needed it, but I could not stop coughing. It was just mm-hmm. non, non, nonstop. And then I had to go on a plane and I was like, great. Thankfully, it was from Phoenix to Utah. It was only an hour, but I was like, People are going to hate me. Like they don't know, you know, and it's um, so, yeah. So Mullen, phenomenal for lungs, respiratory, bronchial health overall. Great for that. Again, whether we look at immune season, a lot of people are going to be, you know, they're going to get sick. You know, it's going to happen. They're already sick. This is a great thing, I think, to even keep at home, because if you do start to fill your lungs and you do start to get that cough um, and you don't want to drive and go get it, I would put that in your in your emergency cabinet for that reason. Uh, that's I love that you said that because that literally clicked into my head right before you said it. This is a medicine cabinet herb. This is yeah. one that ought to be on hand. You can start using it right when you need to. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a very safe herb. It's got an extremely long history of use. And if you if you want to Google really quickly a picture of Mullen, you'll see why they call it bunny herbs, uh, bunny ears, mm-hmm. I mean, <laughs> bunny herbs. Uh, it's, it's a really cool looking plant uh, with these big floppy leaves. And uh, so, yeah, Mullen's a, a great one. It's one that has been in uh, consistent use in uh, European and American medicine mm-hmm. uh, for, uh, you know, centuries. And uh, I, I, Dr. Christopher, if you're familiar with Dr. Christopher listening, uh, was a big, big fan of Mullen, used it in many of his different formulas. Fantastic herb. Uh, we are having a little bit of connectivity issues with Max, so I'm not sure. Max, can you hear us? I can. I need some You can, Mullen. okay. It, it may be the inversion in Salt Lake, but I'm on the 16th floor of downtown Salt Lake, and I haven't had internet issues till now, but we'll, we'll make through. Let's go. Well, we can hear you. So as long as we can hear you, we're okay. I, frankly, in, in your case, hearing you is better than seeing you anyway, man. So. <laughs> <laughs> and I only say that because your internet's not working. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. So, I mean, that's, you know, and, and going back to like what Jared, you know, how we kind of confirmed here, this is definitely like a staple, you know, medicine cabinet item. I mean, I, I have like five things that I always tell people like activated charcoal. 
right? You should always yes. put that at home for food yep. poisoning. Um, I think D-mannose and cranactin. Because as soon as you get a urinary tract infection, come on, it's hard to even sit in a car and drive. And, you know, that's another one mm-hmm. I would always have at home. And then you have things like this, the Molin, right? Because as soon as your lungs and things like that nonstop coughing, you don't even want to go to the store and cough in front of people. This is a great one to have. Um, yeah, especially other- in the post-COVID years, right? Everybody was terrified of anyone coughing. Well, that's what I'm saying. A few years ago, when I had to get on the plane, <laughs> I'm like, oh, great. One cough yeah. and the whole plane is like, okay, we're going to make an emergency landing, folks. Yeah, it's like, exactly. Oh, no. Oh, no. So, yeah, I mean, I think there's there's always so much about Mullen that's really cool. But I think really to get to the point, I mean, that's really what it's best used for, you know, is is your lung and and respiratory health overall. Now, there is oil as well. And I think you you probably have it like in liquid tinctures. Um, Mm -hmm. And the oil is phenomenal for like ear infections. So, yeah, mullein and garlic have been a combination yep. for ear infections for a long, long time. Um, mm-hmm. We've had uh, a lot of success with that over the years because it does have that decongesting a, a capacity to it. Uh, it's a, a truly a fantastic herb and, and a great one to lead off the show with, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, let's move on to the next one, and uh, let's see if we can keep Max on board here because, Max, I'm going to ask you to start off with uh, oil of oregano, if you will. Love it, Jared. Um, you know, as a passionate consumer of good Italian food, when I think of oregano, I think <laughs> of mama's homemade pizza with oregano and how it just brings out that that smell in the house that is just so familiar for me. Um, but oregano is a common aromatic herb. Herbs are the spice of life. If you don't cook with herbs, you're missing out on really enjoying your culinary experience. But You know, oregano has been used for thousands of years by the Greeks, the ancient Romans. Um, It's actually pretty native to Turkey, and it was kind of brought west um, by the Romans. And it's a fantastic aromatic herb that has incredible properties, mostly known as an antimicrobial. Oregano leaves themselves contain these little oils in the leaf that basically are there to ward off invading organisms, bugs, so they don't chew on the leaf. So it chases them away. And it would ward off unwelcome bugs in our life, you know, when we think of bacteria. So very, very useful for humans. Now, there is a difference between oil of oregano and essential oil of oregano, okay? Essential oils we generally do not want to ingest. We have to be very, very careful about how we use essential oils. It takes about a thousand pounds of oregano leaves to make one pound of essential oil. And they make that through a steam distillation process. But the way we make our oil of oregano is we actually use olive oil as an extraction method and we use it as a carrier oil to help dilute it a little bit because it is so volatile and potent and it can be upsetting if you take too much of it. So you have to use it with a little bit of caution. Um, <clears throat> but we know that uh, oregano contains 37 different compounds. Carvacrol and thymol are among the most active and researched in the plant. And again, we're using it from the aerial parts. Again, when you smell oregano, that's what you're smelling, those essential oils that are present in the leaf, just like you would with basil and other fantastic peppermint, other fantastic uh, mm-hmm. aromatic herbs. Yeah. Have you ever, um, Jared, have you ever dropped a liquid bottle in your store before and it broke? 
Uh, not of oregano, but uh, I have used enough oregano to know it packs a punch. The worst thing I ever dropped, two things I dropped in my store that broke that were not good were cod liver oil and apple cider vinegar, um, both on carpet. And uh, yeah, both pretty long lasting, but not oregano yet. So, uh, Max, let me ask you this. I'm curious because um, you, you, you kind of alluded to it, but um, I have a deeper question, I guess, on the difference between the oregano oil or the oil of oregano in capsule form uh, like you have, you guys have at Solare versus an essential oil where you're using the... Um, the olive oil is an extraction method, then it's not going to be, it's not going to grab, uh, it's not going to concentrate it as much as steam distillation would. Um, do you know what the difference is in terms of how much, uh, or how much plant you're using to get, uh, the oil of oregano that you're using? It's not as much, obviously it's probably about a fourth as much. Um, you are getting a finished product that I would say is like 80% olive oil and 20% oregano oil in the end. Okay. What we learned, Jared, I had a company once, a, a soft gel manufacturer. That's the one thing we don't make at Solaray. We don't make our own soft gels. We use partners that toll those. It's a special process. But we mm -hmm. had pure oil of oregano put in a soft gel because I wanted the most potent, and I'll explain why here in a minute. I wanted the most potent oregano oil uh, available in, in the market, the soft gels arrived and they were completely melted. The oregano mm. was so powerful that it just dissolved all the gelatin. And this is back when we were doing gelatin soft gels. Today we're, you know, we prefer the vegetarian, the tapioca starch soft gels. Mm -hmm. um, so it is incredibly powerful. So you have to be really careful with how you're taking it. And so the oil of oregano capsules are, um, they're, they're, diluted essentially with mm -hmm. the olive oil they're not as heavily extracted not as heavily concentrated i guess is probably a better way to put it um and so not only do they not eat through the uh, capsule but they're safe to take in internally versus uh, uh an oregano oil you might buy from an essential oil company and drop a few drops in your mouth which has been is highly not recommended uh with that particular herb so yeah all right. I love that. And so then with oregano oil, um, a lot of people are using that, uh, you know, with mullein, it's, it's mostly, you know, specific, you know, congestion and things that people are dealing with. Uh, with oregano, it's just basically anything that you feel like you need something antimicrobial to defeat. And that could be paired with things like vitamin C and uh, colloidal silver and those types of things. Is that typically uh, how you're seeing it used? Yeah, I'm seeing it used two ways. Some people actually use it in throat sprays where they'll dilute it with maybe a little bit of eucalyptus or peppermint and rosemary essential oils, and they'll spray it maybe five times a day for three days. Mm -hmm. And there was actually a study done on a, a mouth spray, and it showed that uh, almost immediately within 20 minutes after using it, it reduced symptoms of sore throat, hoarseness, cough, and we're definitely entering that season. In fact, I should probably have some near me all the time because I often get kind of a raspy throat. So I'm going to do that after the show. So thank you for <laughs> getting me to talk <laughs> about this because it's going to help me personally. But the big one for me, Jared, was in 2018. Just before the pandemic, there was a government-funded study to develop non-antibiotic uh, alternatives to treat infections that are caused by multidrug-resistant microbes. So when we think of MRSA, okay, there are some situations where we develop a resistance to antibiotics. And so the governments, since companies aren't willing to fund it because they can't patent nature, 
you have to lean on the government. This is where that government is actually helpful, in my opinion. Okay, they'll take our tax dollars and they'll do research on natural ingredients so we can learn things about them. Um, and oregano oil showed a significant antibacterial activity against E11 of the clinical, what they call them as MDR, these multi-drug resistant microbes, against 11 of these drugs uh, that, um, you know, like Pseudomona, Aruginosa, four of the methicillin resistant Staphylococcus aureus, which is MRSA. If you get MRSA, it's going to be a bear to get rid of it. And oil of oregano was one of those natural ingredients that was shown to combat it very effectively. So again, its key effect is really that antibacterial, antiviral, and antifungal properties. So if you have toenail fungus, or if you have some of these obnoxious things that you need to get rid of, um, yeast infections, it's really effective against candida yeast. Um, now, again, be careful how you use it. You don't want to just use it intervaginally. That could be very uh, irritating, to mm -hmm. say the least. But uh, use topically on skin, and you want to test a little bit before you go all out to make sure it's not irritating. Um, but internally, with the Solaray diluted product in that olive oil soft gel is incredibly effective. Um, I so, like to keep I, mine in the fridge, too. In that you have to, but anything that has an, is an oil that has any potential to oxidize, I'm usually a fan of like putting that supplement in the fridge next to my probiotics and stuff, which is kind of funny, right? Because you're probiotic and then this is kind of your natural antibiotic. So it, they sit together, but that's just my personal kind of feedback, especially if you live in warm places. I live in Arizona, right? So I think of it probably more than Yeah, you should guys. keep yourself in the fridge if you live in Arizona. So... <laughs> I can, I can appreciate that. <laughs> I've got a pillow in the fridge. It's great. So then I, I love all that. I'm curious if either of you have heard, because I don't know this, but uh, I know that people use it like this, uh, uh, if, of any studies that have been done on oil of oregano with SIBO. Oh. Fascinating. It Nick. would make sense, Jared. I haven't seen the studies, but you know, you know what SIBO is. Some of your listeners may not know, but it's it's uh, small intestinal bacterial overgrowth. Uh -huh. Our intestines are supposed to be sterile and our stomach acid does a great job at killing bacteria. So if we eat lettuce and there's some nasty okay. bacteria there, our stomach acid would kill it. So it doesn't get in right. the small intestine. But if things get through and some people don't have good stomach acid, bacteria can start to grow in the intestine, causing a whole array of issues in the microbiome. That's a problem. So it would make sense to me, but I haven't seen any studies that I know of, Jared, specifically for SIBO. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make a promise to you listening. I'm going to dig into that because uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised if there are some studies. Maybe there, maybe there aren't yet, but I know it's something that's been used with a lot of success. I've seen a lot of at least anecdotal evidence of that. And so, yeah, oregano oil uh, in a capsule, one of my absolute go-tos, and this is going to sound a little broken record here, but that's another one I have on hand all the time as kind of a first line of defense along with you know, you know, the vitamin C's and the, and the, um, well, I always have olive leaf extract in there as well. And, uh, and also a colloidal silver, which uh, I'm a huge fan of as well. So really good, uh, you know, kind of medicine cabinet things for if the tickle in the throat starts to happen, if the sinus congestion starts to happen, if these types of things are going on, uh, let's move on to one of the claws. The first one will be cat's claw and uh, we'll start with Nikita and then get Max's uh, input on that as well. What do we know about cat's claw? Because this is all also known as uh, uno de gato, 
And when Cat's Claw first came on the market, uh, I was probably... I think I might have still been a teenager. Uh, I can't remember if I was in, a, in my teens or my 20s when we first started getting people coming in asking for Cat's Claw. And I remember, though, thinking, I have no idea what that is. And what was interesting was most of the people that were coming in asking for it were Hispanic. And uh, some of them that didn't speak uh, much English would actually ask for Uno de Gato. And then I really didn't know what it was. <laughs> so it's like, okay, what's going on here? And why am I getting all this run for this? And this is pre-social media. You know, Nikita mentioned, you know, the TikTok, right? Uh, Mullen was on the, the TikTok. TikTok, as you said it. Um, <laughs> and lately, castor oil has been on the TikTok, right? And there's these other things that go sort of viral and get everywhere. But this is prior to that. And all of a sudden, there were a bunch of people asking for Cat's Claw. And when I started educating myself on Cat's Claw, I was like, whoa, this is one I need to know about. And that's one of the coolest things about uh, being a guy who grew up in a health food store and remember, you know, way before the social media, way before most funding was available for these types of studies. So we didn't know much. Most herbs were primarily anecdotal evidence. Uh, we were going off historical uses and ancient uses and things like that. Now we have even more research that we can lean on and say, hey, you know what? All that stuff we were thinking about this 20, 30, 40 years ago, now we've got evidence. Uh, Max, tell us what we know about cat's claw. Cat's claw is native from the Amazon rainforest, okay, um, in South America. And it was native, to, it's been used for 2,000 years for immunity, but mostly for inflammation uh, by the native Ash Aninka people, okay? These are the natives down there. And it, it's a vine that grows about 10 feet long, and it has a bark that comes out of the rainforest. And we actually use the bark for cat's claw, but on the vine, it has these curly little claw looking things. And that's why they call it cat's claw or una de gato, which is cat's claw in Spanish. Um, fascinating, fascinating historical use because it is the original COX-2 inhibitor. Okay. When we think of COX-2, we think of Celebrex. That's a prescription drug that has obviously a lot of side effects. Um, but in its natural state, a COX-2 blocker would block the activation of inflammatory markers like NF-kappa-B. And cat's claw was one of the early, early herbs that Jim Beck, the Solary founder 50 years ago, 1973, used in his own journey to relieve his pain. You know, he came back from Vietnam and he was a, a medic there, but he had a lot of aches and pains after the war. And he didn't want to take COX-2 blockers or prescription drugs. So he resorted to cat's claw and devil's claw um, to relieve his own aches and pains. So that's really it. When I think of cat's claw, I think of, ah, don't, you don't want, nobody wants to have a little kitten scratching them and causing all this irritation. And so cat's claw for us relieves inflammation and it helps soothe our achy joints. Um, and there have been clinical studies done on it for patients with inflammatory diseases like arthritis. I know we normally don't talk about this in the natural products section, but this is what it's known to do, to block those inflammatory pathways in the human body. I love that. Now, you mentioned at the beginning, because uh, what is interesting to me, I've known both of those these aspects of this herb, but what I always find interesting is what people come looking for and why. 
because I never know where they got their information. You know, if they're listening to somebody else's podcast, how dare they? <laughs> or if they're, uh, you know, reading it in a magazine or on a blog or seeing it on the TikTok uh, or something like that. I never know where it's coming from. But it's interesting because Cat's Claw to me, Max, where you just focused very heavily on the, the uh, uh, you know, kind of analgesic benefit, the pain relieving benefit, anti-inflammatory benefit and all that. Um, there's these really great immune enhancement benefits. And most of the people that come in asking me for cat's claw are looking more on the immune side. So I love that you hit hard on the anti-inflammatory side and pain relief side, because I don't think very many, many people know cat's claw does that as well. What do we know about the immune enhancing impact? Yeah, Jared, and that is the other big one in my mind. And so I'm glad you asked that question. And so cat's claw stimulates specific immune cells such as phagocytes and T helper cells. And during the pandemic, everyone was scrambling for anything that could help with T helper cell activation. So we know that zinc was the big one, some beta glucans. Uh, but I don't think cat's claw was discussed a lot because, you know, unless if you're an herbalist or you're into it like you are, it probably got overshadowed by more some of these more obvious immune enhancing remedies. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think I think you're exactly right. We heard a lot about quercetin. We heard a lot about zinc. We heard a lot about you know vitamin C and vitamin D, and and all of those have their place for sure. But cat's claw seemed to uh, go under the radar on that side of things. Uh, one thing that I know uh, people uh, that, that I've, I've seen, again, more anecdotal evidence of, I don't know if there's any research on this yet, but uh, people with um, autoimmune pain, uh, rheumatoid arthritis and things like that, uh, traditionally there's been a lot of use with cat's claw there because it's dual benefit. It has some, some really nice uh, immune uh, kind of balancing impact, as I understand it, more so than stimulating impact, as well as the anti-inflammatory benefits. So these are all different uses for cat's claw that, that, that we've seen and had some, um, you know, nice uh, benefits from. And I still, I think more than anything, uh, it is interesting that I, we're in Bountiful, Utah. There's not a very large Hispanic community there. But there is one. Uh, there's a little a, a little uh, chunk of his, of uh, Hispanic uh, uh, people in Utah that come into Vitality, and I have found, and I've never measured it, but I think more people uh, in the Hispanic community are still asking for cat's claw uh, than uh, any of the other customer groups that we have. And to me, that means that the word needs to get spread out beyond that, so that we get uh, more people aware of this amazing herb. Yeah, I love that, Jared. And you know, there's there are these active principles in nature found in all the continents. I mean, when you talk about antimicrobial activity, we just talked about oil of oregano. You know, we have berberine uh, that's on the American continent that's commonly found in Oregon grape, and it's an alkaloid found in the root of these plants. And so with, with cat's claw, we have other alkaloids that stimulate the immune system like oxindole is the alkaloid found in cat's claw in the bark. And someday we'll find out more about it and it'll probably become popular like berberine, you know, for immunity or understanding the exact reason why it reduces inflammation. And we're not even really allowed to talk about inflammation because it's a disease state. So on the natural product side, we have to talk about soothing and comforting and or you kind of get in trouble. You know, we have to kind of dance around these words as, as you're an expert at doing, Jared, when you educate uh, your customers. Um, but 
we always want to know the exact mechanism of action. For me, I don't want to just follow the science of MSU, as Dr. Peake says, make stuff up. Okay, we don't make stuff up here. <laughs> we have science. We have historical use. And when we understand the actual mechanism of action, two things happen. The drug companies grab it. They make a synthetic fake version of it and they patent it so they can charge you an arm and a leg for it. And you have to get it through your doctor and it's going to have side effects. Or companies like ours are going to offer those same active principles in a non-patented, more generic, more natural state that provide those benefits, but we just can't explain it to the customer or the FDA, FTC shut us down. So mm -hmm. thank heavens for the internet. People can now do their own research and learn more and listen to shows like yours and have better results with natural remedies. And even from my experience, like when I worked in health food stores and also when I serviced them, I always noticed that the the health food stores that had, you know, Hispanic like communities around them, it mm -hmm. was a, more herbs than anything else. It, it was like, that was usually what they were coming in for was these herbs that I was like, oh my gosh, I forgot we had that one, the cat's claw yeah. or something. And then like the juices, the nopal, the nonies, I've seen so many different really um, cool ones that like I forget about sometimes. So it's amazing to see like how our, you know, our culture really kind of influences what herbs and things that we take. Well, I've said this before, and I think it's fascinating, and I think it's sad uh, all at the same time. But here we have America, this gigantic melting pot of cultures, right? We've got all colors and all uh, all races and all um, you know variety of ethnicities and religions, mm -hmm. and you know, big mix, everything you can imagine over here, and all of us came from somewhere much older than America, right? Mm -hmm. uh, we have, you know, European heritage or we've got Hispanic heritage or we've got, you know, whatever it is. I'm uh, from primarily Scottish myself. Um, and so we all come from these different places. And all of those places have these ancient traditions. Uh, you know, we have uh, in Japan, for instance, you know, green tea has been used in practice for, you know, hundreds, probably thousands of years. Chinese herbal medicine, of course, goes back, you know, 5,000 plus years. Uh, Ayurvedic medicine in India goes back, you know, 5,000 plus years. Mm -hmm. And uh, in all of these different cultures, the Amazonian, you, know, you mentioned that the Amazon, we have things like uh, Guarana or Guarana, if you're uh, American, right? Right. My best friend's uh, and... from Brazil, so she calls me all the time. <laughs> <laughs> and mate, right? Yerba mate. Yes. And then, you know, things like cat's claw. And these have these traditional uses over there. And it seems like we came over here and we blended everything together and we forgot a lot of that traditional medicine. And we've been, uh, you know, maybe uh, educated, we'll say, to believe that uh, the answers lie within uh, a medical office when we have all of these other potential answers outside in the world. I personally believe that there's an answer or multiple answers for everything in nature. I think some of of them we still haven't discovered you know max you brought up berberine which is interesting i mean that's like a new thing kind of right it's mm -hmm. been around for literally ever uh but it's something that we just started talking about i'll always remember the first episode of vitality radio that i did on, on berberine was episode 27 so we go back about 400 episodes almost to that one and i i how my mind was blown when I was studying Berberine for that episode and saying, oh, my gosh, why have I not talked about this before? 
And there are so many incredible herbs and herbal compounds in this world that are just like that. Uh, that and, and we're still discovering them right now. And it's, it's pretty exciting. But then we have things that we have known about for millennia that we're not utilizing as much over here in America as we did or our ancestors did over from wherever it was that we came from. So we, we need to keep a little eye on that. And there's, there's a lot of reasons. For one thing, efficacy, right? These things actually work. Uh, safety is a big thing. These things are almost always very safe. It's mm. fairly hard to hurt yourself with most of these herbs, even if you're trying. And then this thing is really cool too, because I don't know if you've noticed, but a dozen eggs isn't as cheap as it once was, right? The economy's been crazy in this country over the last little bit. And now we're talking about ancient remedies that are really inexpensive, you know, a bottle of Mullen's like 10 bucks. Uh, a bottle of oregano, I think, is 12 or 13 bucks. Cat's cloth, same thing, 10, 11, 12 bucks, something like that. So we need to recognize that not only are they effective and if used correctly, very, very safe, but also very economical to use. And that's one of the reasons I wanted to bring these episodes to people is because I want to remind them of things that maybe they've heard of, like you just said, Nikita, well, why hadn't I thought of Nopal or why hadn't I thought of Noni or whatever these things? Because people like us that are kind of bathing this in this stuff all the time, there's a lot of things to remember. Mm -hmm. But for people that don't need to be reminded and need to hear it for the first time, hopefully this episode and these episodes that we're doing are, are useful to you. Now, I just babbled too long, and we've got two more herbs to go. So let's uh, let's jump to Skullcap, because we haven't heard much from Nikita for a minute, and I know you want to talk about Skullcap. So we're going to talk about Blue Skullcap. I would anticipate, of all the herbs on this list, it might be the least known. Maybe it's that or Devil's Claw. I'm not sure which. But what do we know about Skullcap, and why do we need to, to uh, understand it? As the mayor of Halloween Town, I'm very grateful <laughs> That I get to do blue skull cap. Um, and I, you know, I call it blue skull cap. You typically will probably just find it called skull cap. Um, but blue is the most common form that I've seen that uh, we sell as well. But only only color that we sell is the blue one. So if you're looking for other colors, folks. It's my favorite color. I mean, <laughs> there you go. What other color do you need, really? We have no Barbie pink edition. Sorry, just the blue skull cap for now. Um, but a couple of things with uh, blue skull cap, and, or I'll just call it skull cap, but it is probably not as talked about, not as well known. A lot of really cool benefits to it, kind of similar to... Um, in ways, there's similarities between the cat's claw and even devil's claw that we haven't gotten into yet. Um, some of the names for it is actually called helmet flower. Again, I just love the names. They're always a fun way mm -hmm. to kind of break break apart what is this um, what is this plant. Typically, you'll find skullcap in North America and Europe, though. So that's really where you know we talked about. You've got Peru. You've got other places in the world that have historical ties. Skullcap is usually uh, grown here in the U.S. or even in Europe. And the cool thing with the skullcap or, or what some of the benefits are is it's anti-inflammatory, which again, we talk about, and a lot of different herbs do have that sort of basis in it, but it's also anti-spasmodic, which I just talked about when I said, okay, think of the word spasm and anti-spasmodic, right? It's kind of alleviating some of the spasms. So in this case, when we talked about mullein, it was really for like chest congestion, right? And kind of like the coughing. Here, it can also, let's say, benefit there, but also I think more on the nervous system. 
Okay. Mm -hmm. So when we have anxiety or when we're very anxious, we're also in this kind of spaz state. So it's very good for calming the nervous system. Okay. Um, so it's another way that you could, you could see its benefits. It is astringent, meaning that it's kind of drying. You think of astringent, you think about like alcohols and things that kind of pull like liquid out. So that's another place or another way that it could be really beneficial for your lungs. But when I was really delving into this, the, the part that really caught my attention was going back to the nervous system. Okay. So skullcap is really good. Ultimately, it's a nerve tonic for depression. Okay. Again, depression, if you guys have heard my the shows I've done with Jared in the past, I'm always very, very open. I struggle with a lot of depression. And so as soon as I hear that one, I'm like, oh gosh, I got to learn everything about it. You know, what don't I know? Mm -hmm. I always kind of, I want to be a go-to for people that, that also struggle with depression and kind of going, what works and what can we find? And so not only was it really good to calm the nervous system, both related to, let's say, stress and anxiety and mood and depression, but what was really interesting about it is it also helps the extreme fatigue that's followed by depression, okay? Hmm. And this is something that I personally really struggle with. Like, it can be really hard sometimes for me to even get out of bed or even go through the day. It feels like, for me, always like I always touch like the back of my shoulders, or the back of my neck too, it feels like I've got like weight on me and I just feel so fatigued because your body is like, whether it's, if you're anxious, you know, your heart rate's running all day, even if you're not, even just you're sitting in one place, when you're depressed, your body's also in an extreme state of fatigue. So I really liked this because I hadn't really read anything else that was not only supportive of our mood and depression, but also the the side effects that are coming with that, which is like the extreme fatigue. So that was something that really caught my attention. Again, both a nerve tonic for depression and also can help with that extreme fatigue that's followed by depression. Um, it also can help something that I hadn't heard of before, and hopefully I'm pronouncing this right, but it's neuralgia. Mm -hmm. I'm saying that. And when I was like, wait a minute, okay, nerves, I'm, I'm kind of getting it, but I didn't get what the rest of it was. That's the shocking pain that can follow the nerve path due to nerve damage. Okay. And again, nerves is another thing that's like a light bulb for me. Cause I, as a prior gymnast too, I think that's my, might be where most of my pain comes from, but from my lower back all the way to my feet, I've got extreme nerve pain, sciatica, plantar fasciitis, like you name it. I'm always like, can we just chop off like this half, like this whole part of my body just not functioning. And I'm frustrated. Like, why is there always so much nerve pain? But again, also people that deal with a lot of depression can also deal with a lot of nerve pain as well. And so I kind of liked how that one tied in there. So ultimately was really good for that. It did have things like supporting headaches, insomnia. It does have sedative properties. So if you are somebody who does deal with, you know, that anxiousness, that anxiety, and you're like, okay, I need something. And I, I, in this case, I would probably suggest it more in the evening, at least when you're first trying it out. I always say, if you're ever trying anything new out, try it on the weekend, try it on a day where like, you don't have to go right to work, whether that's a magnesium and you're worried about going to the bathroom or an herb that has potential, you know, effects of being sedative in this case. Now, I don't think it will, you'll be walking and fall asleep, but I do think that the, because it does calm your nervous system, it's definitely going to help with anxiety, especially correlating there with insomnia. So this could be a great kind of nerve and sleep tonic as well for the anxiousness. So there's a lot of really cool things ultimately. Um, and really when you think about skullcap, it's working on your central and your sympathetic nervous system. 
Okay, so your sympathetic nervous system is like your stress nervous system, right? Um, and then the rest of it, central, you have your brain all the way through your spine. So it's kind of working on this whole central part. We talk about the vagus nerve and we talk about how that's not in alignment, that that's when stress, that's when sleep, that's when all these other issues come come to play. So really good ultimately for a lot of things that, okay, could be related to or could be beneficial for things like respiratory conditions. But for me, this one really hits for supporting your mood, supporting your stress, calming your nervous system. And that's another thing that in this time that we're in, it's actually very relevant. The holidays are the time when we talk about stress almost the most. Mm -hmm. You're back to school or the holidays, you know, you're running away around everywhere. Everybody's got their last day of school. I mean, there's, you know, before the holidays, there's just a lot going on. This could definitely be a good, a good thing for people to, to try, I think for some of those yeah. reasons. I love that. And I'll tell just a really quick story and then we'll get into devil's claw, um, skull cap. So I hired my first employee at Vitality Nutrition. Um, we were back then, we were called Nutrition Shop. I was 15 years old and my dad said, you can make the decision. We had exactly two people uh, apply for the job. <laughs> I interviewed both of them with my father and he said, you get to choose. And I chose a woman, her name was Pearl and she was my, my dad's age, okay? Um, and she stayed with me for almost 20 years. Uh, so it was a great hire. She's an amazing woman, but a little on the high strung, little high anxiety kind of a personality type. And I, I, she is the one that taught me about Skullcap. I'd never heard of it. Oh. We didn't carry it. She had been reading about it in an herb book. Mm -hmm. um, I think it was the How To Herb book was her favorite book. Uh, and she had read about Skullcap and she wanted to try it for her, uh, for her stress and her anxiety and these things. So we ordered it in. We ordered it from Solaray. Oh, way back when. Lovely. And uh, she started using Skullcap and she swore by it. Uh, she'd use it and, and she used it throughout the day. She used it in the morning. She used it in the afternoon, used it in the evening uh, and just absolutely loved it. When Pearl was with us at Vitality Nutrition, Skullcap was one of our number one selling products. <laughs> <laughs> she absolutely oh. loved it and pushed it like crazy. And it has fallen off quite a bit. Uh, it's actually one of the reasons I wanted to talk about it here is to raise the awareness because what I realized is I didn't even know what Skullcap was way back then. And so if, if I didn't and I'm in, immersed in this stuff, then likely a lot of the people listening to this show don't know about it. And it is a very, very cool herb. It's uh, what I call a nervine uh, herb uh, that, that falls into, you know, the same kind of categories, things like, you know, passion flower and, and, and valerian and uh, holy basil and ashwagandha. Ashwagandha is more adaptogenic, but uh, still something people use for calming and stress. And that kind of thing. And just a very, very cool herb. I, I wanted to share that story to give a little shout out to my my sweet friend Pearl uh, um, as well. I, I love that. And I just wanted to state one thing, too, because, uh, you know, whenever we talk about these, I always try to find a couple clinical studies as well to give kind of people perspective on, you know, how long should I take it for? How much should I take it for? And one of the studies I had actually found was that they did a study for in 43 different people. Um, and those who received it said 1,050 milligrams. Okay, which in this case for Solary, uh, roughly would be about two capsules, maybe a mm -hmm. little bit more, but two capsules. And they took that daily for two weeks, reported significant enhancements in mood compared to their placebo group. So I say that because a lot of times like we think, oh, gosh, how long is this going to last and how long will this take? And, and it's always hard to give that recommendation. But based yeah. on this clinical study, it's two capsules daily for two weeks. And there was already significant enhancement in mood. So, I mean, 
based on the based on the times that we're in now, if you start taking it today, could certainly help you by Christmas, right? Is what we're <laughs> hoping for here based on based on that study. So yeah. Right. Yeah, no, I love it. It's a great herb. Um, I actually have incorporated it into a couple of my formulas. I, I am a big, big fan of Skullcap. We have one more to go, and we only have a few minutes to do it, but I want to talk about the other claw on the list, Devil's Claw. That sounds even more evil than Cat's Claw, and yet it is not evil. It's an amazing <laughs> herb with a lot of benefits. Max, tell us about it. You can play this episode on Halloween forever forward. That's what I yes. said, yeah. Maybe we'll play it next year. We'll play it next year on Halloween <laughs> as a rerun. <laughs> I can take the day off. I like it. Yeah. Devil's Devil's Claw is actually from the African subcontinent. And we talked about Cat's Claw from the South American continent. So this one's from Kalahari, the Namibian desert in Africa. And it's a plant that, that grows there. It's very robust. And it has the thorny barbed seed pod, seed pod. And that's why it's called Devil's Claw. It kind of looks scary. It's like a gargoyle on an old cathedral that's scaring the evil spirits away. In this case, mm -hmm. the beneficial properties are not in the seeds or in the thorny pod, but it's in the root. So it's what's underground. And it was used in World War II um, to really help people with back and neck shoulder pain. And there was a study in 2006, after kind of that anecdotal evidence from the 1940s, this 2006 study on 63 people did show that it, it helped relieve uh, mild to moderate back, neck, and shoulder pain in just four weeks. And so, and it was about 500-ish milligrams taken twice, so another gram. We always look at about two capsules here, depending on whether it's a whole herb or an extract. Generally with a whole herb, you need to take a little bit more to get those active pr principles there at the right level. But again, just like cat's claw, devil's claw is an analgesic. It's anti-arthritic, anti-inflammatory. And then there was a study just a couple of years ago done on 75 patients that have osteoarthritis of the knee. And it was shown to work as a COX-1 and COX-2 blocker. So cat's, cat's claws, just a COX-2 blocker. This one blocks COX-1 and 2. There's three pain pathways in the body. And when you can block both pathways, you get better uh, analgesic effect with fewer side effects, um, let's say, but it did show to reduce pain by about 30%. So this isn't like morphine or, you know, an epidural, it's going to reduce it by 30%. So if you've got like a seven out of 10 pain level, it might drop it down to a five or a four. It's not going to immediately delete it all. Um, but if you just have that kind of annoying neck pain and it's just, you don't want to take a drug and she's like, I just need to, I need to knock it down 30%. This is your solution, devil's claw. Um, so it's got a really cool story, a good history of use from, like you said, Jared, all different parts of the world bring different remedies and we forget about them. This one from Africa, kind of forgotten about. Um, hidden under the desert, and we know about it, we've used it, and we should try using it again, especially if you have some of those mild to moderate pain um, issues. Yeah, I love that. Um, it, what do you, how do you feel about if people are wanting to use, I'm, I'm a big believer in the synergy of herbs, and I know that you guys are as well, that just a single herb has its own, uh, you know, beauty and benefit. Uh, but when I, you know, we were talking about immune and mullein, I was talking about the other things that I pair with it if I'm starting to come down with something and, and want to fight something off. 
Uh, same with oregano, that kind of thing. It seems like the two claws make a lot of sense together if we're talking about uh, pain and, uh, and, and uh, discomfort like that. Uh, it, how do you feel about uh, people you know, trying out the cat's claw or the devil's claw, gauging benefit, and then adding the other one in and see what they can do with the combination? I love how you think, Jared, because when you can stack a few of these things, you can get a much better effect. And so we talk about that word synergy, where one plus one equals three, right? Um, right. Better than taken on its own. So cat's claw, devil's claw together would address cox one and cox two. Um, in my kind of herbal nerdy brain, I would add two more if you want to really go after pain. And that's white willow, which is just a cox one blocker. So that's what aspirin mm -hmm. comes from. So then you could get white willow, which is cox one, cat's claw, which is cox two, a little devil's claw, which does a little bit of both, but in a little different way, because there's different uh, inflammation markers in the cox two mm -hmm. cascade. So let's address all of them. And then the third pain channel is 5-LO. And I know you sell a lot of uh, turmeric in your store. And you mm -hmm. recommend it to patients. And that's really a 5-LO COX-2 blocker. So you could almost address all three pain pathways with two or three herbal remedies and get a lot of benefit and get that synergy. Love that. Yeah. And I, and one of the things that I, I love that they even added more to it, because one of the things that I find is maybe lacking a little bit in the uh, in the the herbal user's mindset, I'll say, um, is that because unfortunately we don't have a bunch of studies, you know, we can point to studies on just about all these things now that show benefit independently, but there's probably not a study on cat's claw with devil's claw with white willow. Um, you know, these are things that aren't being studied um, in combination. And yet we know there's a tremendous synergy from attacking these, these uh, areas of need from multiple different pathways to try to stack the benefits. And there are these are these are remedies, these herbs that, again, there are some cases where this isn't the case. And whenever I talk about them on Vitality Radio, if I have a concern about, you know, overdoing it or, uh, you know, mixing it with other things or whatever, I'm always going to mention that. But in most cases, these single herbs can be stacked quite safely. And I think it's a really good idea to let your body be the judge because the ultimate wild card of health is the individual who's being helped uh, by these things. And your body isn't mine and it's not Nikita's. And uh, we don't know where we're going to, uh, you know, where we're going to end up in terms of our symptom relief uh, when we're dealing with these things. But I love the idea of playing with the combinations of things specific to your body and your needs and seeing what your body can do with that. I think there's real, real value in that. And we have cool. run oh. way out of time. Nikita, I'll let you finish. Sorry. I was just going to say that's how Solaray started, right? We started with our blue top herbs, which is our herbal mm -hmm. combinations. And that was mixing together the different herbs for sleep for, you know, whatever it was, pain. Yep. So, I mean, yeah, we're definitely a fan of, you know, of mixing and trying to see what works. Yeah, absolutely. I love it. And again, we are we are past time, so I have to go. Max, I appreciate you as always. Nikita as well. We will do this again, and we're even talking about doing more little short uh, blurbs on the 
TikTok, although I don't even have a TikTok account. So how about on the Instagram? Uh, and we'll put these things out as well and keep bringing you as much education as we can on herbs, herbal medicine, and natural alternatives to pharmaceuticals and uh, procedures that we hope you can avoid uh, by educating yourself better. Thank you so much for listening to me. If you have questions, call us 801-292-6662 or jump online vitalitynutrition.com. I'm Jared St. Clair, and this has been Vitality Radio. You've been listening to the Vitality Radio podcast. Enjoy your week. In the meantime, Jared will be feverishly searching for the latest nutrition info to educate you on and wading into mounds of propaganda to help steer you through it. Vitality Radio is researched and written by Jared St. Clair. Our awesome music is by Brian Bob Young. Support Vitality Radio by subscribing and giving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, or your favorite podcast source. Don't forget to follow us at Vitality Radio on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Please let us know your thoughts about this episode by using the hashtag Vitality Radio Podcast. And if you like what you hear, go tell somebody with a share, a screenshot, or an airdrop. Thank you.